Hi, I'm Liddy Pickens. And I'm Mark Sayers. And we're here to tell you about a new podcast called The Living Temple, produced by Red Church. It's a conversation between us. It's for people who are hungry for a deeper walk with God. For people who want to follow Christ in real life. And you can find it now on iTunes or Stitcher. What is Stitcher? I don't know. I had to say it because everyone yeah, else does. They really do. We'll find out. See you soon. You are listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Good morning. It is my privilege to be sharing with you uh, this morning. We are week three in our series on more. This is a series that gets us to look beyond uh, the little narrative we have when it comes to our understanding of what life is about and, dare I say, get our eyes above even the narrative of what we think Christianity is about and to actually realise and encounter that there is so much more to life than this and there is so much more to faith than what we know. And that when Jesus died um, on the cross, that the story of him doesn't end there. That's just the beginning. That's just the start. And you have his disciples going through the motions of grief and anticipation and and watching Jesus ascend to heaven and realising that now they're deployed with the very heartbeat of the Father for his mission for the world. And that can feel cryptic and out there, and yet it's as close to the heartbeat of your heart and the desires that you have, as you put your foot out, as you go about your day on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and as we as a church gather together as a unified body to encounter what it is the Spirit is saying amongst us. And so this is what this series is about. We're engaging in this up to Pentecost, which is June 9th. There'll be a combined service with all our three services. And it's just worth noting that there is no way that we can do justice to the Holy Spirit in a series or put it in nine weeks, or even expect there's going to be like a massive outpouring in nine weeks. I hope there is. But the word we're getting is that this is about preparation. This is a preparation work. This is a ploughing the ground, because there are things that the Spirit is wanting to speak to. There are things that the Spirit is wanting to heal in order that our canisters can be clean, empty, and ready for a filling of the Holy Spirit. There are times in history when although the spirit is always present and the presence of God is omnipresent, means everywhere, there are times in history where he makes that presence manifest. And it means that the kingdom comes in its fullness and humanity kind of wakes up to its true call of what it means to be human and transformation happens in homes, in cities, in countries. And I just feel like we're due. And I know I'm not alone. I'm seeing the nods. This is happening in the church all around the world without people having had meetings around a board table necessarily, the same language and the same heartbeat that God's doing something, God wants to move, and he's saying, will you seek it? How much do you want me? And so this series is about exploring all of that. I love um, Nate who shared in that, um, that video, Nate's 25 years old, he grew up in the church and has never heard teaching on the Holy Spirit. Um, there'll be people in this room like that and that's no judgment whatsoever other than to say, what would it mean to actually lift the lid on what this living, live, active, mysterious God 
is and what he wants to do in revealing his glory. When he reveals his glory, he reveals compassion. He reveals love. He reveals tenderness. He reveals an ability to make your life go back into alignment. And he releases joy. He releases love. He releases patience. He releases all of those things that are the fruit of him dominating someone's life. And John Robinson at the Outer East calls the Holy Spirit like a wild goose that's just kind of out there wanting to move in and full of anticipation and wanting to do something with his people. And so I'm very excited to be sharing with you today um, because the reason um, I'm speaking into today is about you, the unique role you have to play, the giftings that this Spirit has given you by grace and how we can mobilise together as a unified body, not fractured and disparate, to actually be on beat to his drum about um, what we can be and who we can be as a church. Pentecost is the beginning of the church. The church hadn't started until then. And the Holy Spirit fulfills this prophecy in Joel, and then Peter quotes this same prophecy in Acts 2, that the Holy Spirit, once only known by a couple of, of people, a chosen few, is now available to all flesh. It's not sexist, it's not racist, it's not ageist, it's not status-driven. If you are a human being, the Holy Spirit and the promise of that Holy Spirit is for you. All. The entirety of humanity. It is not, as we learned the other week, a um, deluxe version of Christianity. It is Christianity. And if you have been able to declare that Jesus is Lord... That can only happen because of the Holy Spirit, and that's just the beginning. He wants to deepen and he wants to continue that work and the revelation of who the Son wants to be for you each day of your life. And so he pours out on all flesh, creates the church, and this means that Jesus is not looking for um, anointed individuals. He's looking for an anointed church collectively together in unison, bound um, by the blood of Christ and the work of the Spirit. And so what I want to unpack today is this anointed church, this mobilised church that works in partnership with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as he exercises his mission throughout the world. One of the most common um, metaphors um, for the church is the body. And in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Paul says this, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many and so now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would for that very reason stop being part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, which would be quite strange, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. It's almost a beautiful piece of poetry. <laughs> but Jesus insists that his, ch his church is not a dictatorship. 
It's not a democracy. It's an organism that has a life beat of its own with each and every part vital to the whole. Has anyone ever had a broken little toe? It's, It's painful. Has anyone ever had appendicitis? Yeah. Has anyone got to, I'm two weeks off 40. I know, thank you, thank you. (laughs) I know. Um, My hip hurts. (laughs) There are muscles in here I did not even know I had. I have a tendon that is inflamed. I feel like Jacob, having wrestled with God and my right hip is limping. Our body we take for granted until one part hurts. Because every single part, every cell, every tendon, every artery, every joint has this part in the greater whole. And so Jesus goes, I've gone back, but it's good that I go back because then I can send you my Holy Spirit. And my Holy Spirit is going to be the blood that runs through your veins and you're going to be my body. We are unified. We are his body. And so as some people might lead from the front, other people called into politics, some are called to be a mum, and some are called to love the poor, and some are called to go out and be on overseas mission. It's actually the entirety of God's church going out together. No one has to do it all, thank God. And we all have a part. Every single one of you has a part. And so this part of my message is to encourage you For those who don't think they matter, and for those who don't think that they're good enough, or for those who think it's for those people who seem to have it all together, you are just as important. If the body was just a heart, it wouldn't be anybody. If the body was just a brain, it wouldn't be anybody. You are unique, you are tailor-made for this time and place in this era to be put into the body, alive and aligned to where the head, who is Jesus Christ, wants it to go. Corinthians goes on and says, now you are the body of Christ and each one has a, not just a part, each one has a special part in it. Goes on earlier, uh, later, sorry, to say, when you come together, everyone And so what Paul is writing to, he's writing to Corinth. Corinth was a city, funnily enough, very, very, very similar to Melbourne. If you were to pick an epistle or a letter in the New Testament that was written to a place that is most similar to Melbourne, Corinthians is your book. I'm going to encourage you to read that. Read 1 Corinthians and then read it again. There is something in the message of that book that the Spirit has got something to speak to us as a church today. And what he's saying is that the church is not, and we know this, but sometimes we need to be reminded, it is not a service. It is not chairs in rows with a person with a microphone and a couple of songs. The church gathering on a Sunday is where his body gets to gather as one people and the spirit gets to be full, that wild goose of anticipation going, what's going to happen with my people? Actually, I've got a plan. And it's not going to all come through the teaching. The teaching is hit and miss. It'll be good for some people, boring for others, and okay for other people. 
But when you walk through the door, there are people who are going to encourage you and that's going to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. There are others who want to pray for you and that is going to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. There are those who are going to lead in worship and open up portals of heaven so that there's a thin place between heaven and earth and we can be reminded of the fragrance of God. There are going to be those who are gifted at hospitality that isn't just delivering tea and coffee out there but might invite you to their house to sit around a room and have a meal together or hospitality really at its essence, that gift is that you can be fully yourself and fully safe in their presence. And there are some people here who are exhausted, who are on all of the time and are disconnected from themselves, let alone their family, and they just need a safe space to not even have to talk but just be. And people who have that gift create that space half the time without even knowing it because it's a grace and a fragrance of the Holy Spirit. And so just as when you're going to a party and you do it without even knowing, oh, I'm going to talk to so-and-so about this, I'm going to talk to Sarah, see how her hip's going, I'm going to, you know, you have this anticipation about what, what it is that you want, the Holy Spirit goes, awesome. I'm going to give this word to so-and-so and I'm going to give this teaching to so-and-so and I'm going to get this person to pray for this person and I'm going to get this person to encourage that person and do you know what? They're not even going to know they did it. There is this fabric and this wiring the Holy Spirit wants to release on his body. And so he gathers his church. And that's why Paul says in Hebrews, do not stop meeting together. Don't stop. Because when we gather together and the Holy Spirit is allowed to utilize each and every person in alignment with him, we then get filled up to go out and be the church during the week. And be those hands and feet of who Jesus is. And so every single one of us has a part, which means if you're not here or you're not active in your part, we miss you. We miss your presence. We miss what you have to offer and what it is you have to bring. And so my first question is, do you know your part? Are you a little toe? And if you are, you are so important for balance, for walking, for ease, for function. Are you a right arm? I don't know. But you don't have to necessarily be a body part. (laughs) This is a metaphor. (laughs) How has the Holy Spirit graced your life? I've put it on the word grace. You can't strive for it. You can't make it happen. You can't discipline yourself for it. But a specific fragrance that you carry when you come into this building, that you carry when you go to work, Do you carry when you're amongst your family and your friends? Do you know your part? Earlier on, Paul says in the beginning of that passage in 1 Corinthians 12, he says about spiritual gifts, do not be uninformed. Other translations say about spiritual gifts, do not be ignorant. This is a situation where ignorance is not bliss. That if we're ignorant, we end up gliding through life without feeling we're in alignment or working and walking in participation with the Holy Spirit. So he goes on and uh, he talks about these in three of his books, in Romans 12, in 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. And this is just a list. I'm not going to read them all to you. Um, It's not just a list. What I mean by that is that this is not an exhaustive list, this is not a complete list, it's not limited to these. A lot of scholars believe that the the lists are bigger than what Paul just speaks about. But the point is, is that you have, as I've already said, 
a divine anointing by his spirit to exercise as you participate with him as he carries out his mission to the world. You'll see a couple of, um, uh, one of of them crossing over. 1 Corinthians 12 is is the longest there. Because you're all going to read 1 Corinthians now, um, what you'll note is that chapter 12 is about the gifts of the spirit that he gives to each believer. Chapter 13 is about the greatest gift. Does anyone know what it is? Say it again. Say it even louder in one voice. If you have gifts but you don't have love, not only are they redundant to his kingdom, but they're actually destructive to people. And so chapter 13 unpacks what love is, not as a gushy feeling, but as these nouns of patience and kindness. And then chapter 14 talks about how we're meant to function as a church so it's not a mess. that it's not a disordered body, but a functioning body. I encourage you to look at it. But there are other gifts that are not listed in these lists. There's intercession, there's worship, there's deliverance, there's celibacy. I happen to have that gift. No one grows up wanting that gift, do they? I've got it. I didn't want it, but now I have it. I love it. Every gift that you are given is not for you. It's for what? The body. There is no way I could do what I do the way I do it if I was married with kids. Is that for me? No. That's for the body. Your gift is not about you. It's not for you. It is for the body. But as you step out into that space, you come alive in it. And I am way more content and way more happy than I have ever been in any other relationship that I've been in. It's really good being single. But I know the pain and the ache of singleness too. I can only be okay with it because the grace the Spirit puts on me to hold it. I can't carry it otherwise. I can't rest on my laurels and just walk around. I'm celibate. Unless he gives me strength and grace and that companionship, I'm undone. And I'm not on that mess on the floor in the kitchen again. But with his grace, watch this space. Same for you. And so a couple of the gifts that I just want to look at, prophecy, a declaration of God's heart to his church for the purpose of edification. It's always to edify. It's always to build up. It is not a skill or a talent. It is the actual speaking forth of words given by the Spirit in a particular situation and ceases when the words given by the Spirit cease. I understand at Friday night's Kingdom Come night, the Holy Spirit really blessed that space. And there were words of prophecy given, uh, not from the people at the front, with microphones and clickers, from the body. As each person was stirred by the Spirit, this beautiful woven tapestry of a message that the Lord has for us in real time was spoken. I'm going to pray now, Jesus, there are people here with prophetic gifts and we are so grateful. There are people here that don't know they've got prophetic gifts and I want to pray and ask that Holy Spirit, you would lead them into a space and an awakening that they would encounter that gift and walk in it and exercise the gift. We need the gift in Jesus' name. Another sample, discernment. Oh man, this is such an important gift. The supernatural capacity to judge from a spiritual insight whether the spiritual operation has a source that is human, demonic or divine. Full stop, don't read the rest. Why is this important? Because 10 out of 10 times we go through life not even thinking about this. We take things at face value. We're an echo chamber where we just get people's thoughts and opinions and start to echo them back. 
People are nice. I do not have this gift and I'm asking Jesus for it. I take things at face value. What Paul is saying, behind the scenes, there's one of three influences going on at any given time. It's either of the Holy Spirit, it's either of human nature, or it's of a demonic origin. The gift of discernment is so vitally needed in the body. It's a hard gift to have. You see things you don't want to see. You know things you don't want to know. But Jesus does not give you this if he's not going to give you the grace to hold it. And he doesn't give you this to have it dormant. He has it because he needs you to speak into what you are seeing and what you are noticing. Because this war is not against flesh and blood. This war is against powers, rulers, principalities. And we are worse for wear for forgetting that. Gift of discernment. Mercy. A person who is compelled to sit with and help those who are hurting offering empathy and support for those in trial and suffering. They are able to come alongside people over extended periods of time and see them through their healing process. They are the hands of feet, hands and feet of God to the afflicted. Thank God for the gift of mercy. I've needed this gift in my life to receive. There are times where God's asked me to offer that to people. It's an, it's a, it's an often unforgotten gift. It's often considered the little toe. It's often thought that that is a pastoral gift. That's not pastor. Pastor is oversight. Mercy is one-on-one, sitting with you in the ditches as you process, as you unpack. Thank God for the people who have the gift of mercy. We need it. We need more of it. Our foster carers that seem to be popping up throughout the ranks at red across both sides, God has given them a special provision of mercy to see those kids with the eyes that he sees them with and to enable them to carry that, that challenge in that space because that's his heart for them. Service. This gift fills in the many gaps in ministry, enabling the person to identify unmet needs involved in a task and to make use of available resources to meet those needs, release others and energise the church, helping to accomplish desired results. I love this gift. Where's Mark Hislop? Is he here? He's going to hate this. Can you please stand up? <laughs> the, passage in, the passage in 1 Corinthians 12 talks about honour. Honour each other. This man, I hope I don't get teary talking about it. When I see this man serve, because it's the Holy Spirit working through him, I get teary. This is a man who is behind the scenes. This is a man who can't do enough. This is a man who does a bunch of stuff that no one sees, and yet it holds the body together. Mark, thank you. Your gift of service. There are many, many gifts and there are many people in this room that I'd want to do the same thing to. The point I'm bringing this up is to remind us that every single one of us has a part to play and when we're not playing it, the body misses out. The body limps because it's not quite fully functioning. And so for those who don't think they're good enough, you, are so, you don't have to be good enough because it's grace. And for those who think everyone else can do it, no, no, we can't. Because I'm not sure if you've noticed, but not everyone has all the gifts. And just personal leadership debrief, um, I can't do it all either. Mark can't do it all. Mark is an apostle and a prophet. He's overseas at the moment, apostolizing and prophesying in the UK, because that's what he's called to be. But the, the show goes on because of the body. We need the body. 
One helpful list that I have found, because we cannot help but categorize them and go, I just wish I could be a prophet. Why can't I be a prophet like that person and have the glory of the prophet? Why do I have to have the gift of celibacy? <laughs> the beautiful thing is, is that because we're the body, you'll see that they can be divided into prophetic, priestly, and kingly gifts. The thing that is important about this is that Jesus is the prophetic fulfillment. If you look at the Old Testament narrative, everything that it's pointing towards, Jesus is the perfect prophet, the perfect priest, and the perfect king. And so when you unpack these gifts, you realize that they actually um, can fit into each of these categories. So the prophetic ability is based on understanding and articulating truth. My hope and heart's desire is that's what I'm doing to you this morning, that I'm articulating the truth that the Holy Spirit wants for us as a church. The priestly gifts are based on understanding and supplying the basic needs, encouragement, pastor, serving, generosity, mercy, service, healing, And the kingly gifts are abilities based on understanding, direction and group needs, faith, apostleship, leadership, administration. Hands up if you're gifted at administration. Oh, my goodness. Sinews in the body of Christ right there. Okay, administration is not filing or having zero inbox. Administration creates order out of chaos. The Greek word comes from like steering a ship. It's taking something big and putting it into direction. It helps people set a goal and get there. It's similar to leadership, but way more task and detail orientated. It is vital. Sinews in the body of Christ. If you have that gift, thank you. Appreciate you. Please exercise it. The point in, in all of this is that they're all needed plus some. Whatever grace the Holy Spirit is needing to equip his people into for this era is needed. Some of them will be on the list, some of them won't be. Hands up if you know your gift. I have an idea. I'm going to go a third of the room and just quietly grieve. Hands up if you're you exercising your gift. A little bit less, but about a third of the room. Did you know that we are as effective as a church to the degree we're walking in our gifts? I grieve when we don't know our gifts because it's the very thing the Holy Spirit has blessed us with so that we can actually be the church, not do church, be the church. The degree to which the Holy Spirit is leading us collectively and the degree to which we're walking in our gifts is the degree to which we're a healthy body of the church. If we're not that, we're just another social organisation where we get together and have fun and sometimes get bored. We need need the gifts. And so I just want to lift the lid on that. As I was preparing this message, I was going to go gung-ho. I'm like, let's have a spiritual gifts day and let's get the surveys out. And we did it with Paul a couple of years ago. Let's do it again. Let's get everyone, you know, deploy, deploy, deploy. And I sat at my desk on Wednesday, which happens semi-regularly when I'm wanting to do something that God doesn't want. He said that this season and this series is about preparation. That it has to go deep. Can't go wide. That as Joe was talking about last week, excellent message. If you have not heard it, please podcast it. Outstanding message. Jacob wrestling. That God has got us in a season of preparation. He's got us in a season of waiting. 
I feel like I've had this word for like five years. You've heard me talk about it before, that the Hebrew word for waiting literally means, kavar, literal definition, to add more strands to your rope. Hebrew. (laughs) This is what a big, fat, thick rope is made of. Tens of thousands of these. And when someone who makes ropes grabs tens of thousands of these, it starts to get a little bit thicker. And then when these are woven together, it, it starts to get a bit thicker again. And it can do more when it's thicker. It can hold more weight when it's thicker. Tom, I'll get you to get my little prop. Guys, I've made a rope. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoy it. I'll get you to stand up. And so as these little strands, just pull that all the way down, are bound together, you have a much, let's have a tug of war. Who's stronger? Uh, we have a much thicker rope, and all of a sudden it can hold more. And I f- genuinely believe here at Red that God has spent the last 10 years weaving, unifying, creating a work and a thick rope. Why? Because greater weight is coming. He does not want a shallow work. The world needs a deep work. He needs a deep church made of deep disciples. And so he, he's at this space where he, he's weaving this together in unity, not division. Corinthians is a book written to a church in division. And I'm not saying we're in division. Thank God our problems are nothing compared to a lot of other churches, seriously. But in the human world, there are rivalries, jealousies, critiques, opposition. And every time that happens, the rope starts to fray and it's not unified. He's after a unified church. He needs a unified church. That was Jesus' last prayer before he died, before he went into holy work. Would they please be one as we are one? Protect them. And there is this war against... Um, rulers, powers, and principalities. And whilst I'm wanting to go, let's deploy, let's equip the saints, let's go be the church, he's going, no, 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 we're not ready. If we go, there's going to be a tug of war with a thousand different pieces, and a lot of energy is going to go into something that's not going to go anywhere, and people are going to get hurt. Thanks, Tom. Round of applause for Tom's service. There are some things going on, and I don't, I don't know detail, which is great, because I don't have discernment. And there's fraying at the edges. Perfection. Self-righteousness or religious spirits. Critique, gossip, sins of the tongue. Envy, bitterness, competition in the heart. And Jesus is so passionate about holiness that he refuses to move on until the heart is dealt with. He wants to be a God where we seek the giver of the gifts more than the gifts themselves. And so for those who are on the spectrum of, but I know my gifts, why are you not using me? This is a word of waiting and of preparation because there's a work he's wanting to do in your heart to bring freedom and tenderness and compassion and rebuilding. 
so that the operating of your gifts is in part and parcel with the fruit of the Spirit. Our gifts without the fruit of the Spirit are operating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They cause damage, they cause division, they cause disunity, they cause harm. Our gifts in operation, hand in hand, with the fruit of the Spirit is when each one of us can be a fragrance to every person we walk past and we leave a shadow of light, not a shadow of darkness or despair or discouragement, but we overflow and have this fragrance that builds up. He's wanting to do a deep work in the heart before we run ahead. And I wouldn't like that word unless it was my story of what he's done in me and continues to do in me. For those who are on this end, the word is this. Break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. Hosea 10.12. Unplowed ground is ground that once produced fruit but has lay fallow for a period of time. Unplowed ground is where seeds and harvests were once produced, but because of relying on past growth, future fruit has not yet been born. Unplowed ground is when ground that hasn't been cultivated intentionally and just assumed to produce seed has not been able to produce seed because the soil has to be tilled and the soil has to be turned and the gardener has to get in there. Unplowed ground gets covered with weeds, lies, deceit, despair. Other values take over, the worries of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth. Without us even knowing it, we get mission drift. Unplowed ground is when our hearts have gotten hard because of undealt with hurts, undealt with uh, grievances, undealt with pain. And I say this in love, I'm just being obedient, self-pity. Break up your unplowed ground. For it is time not to seek the gifts, but the giver of the gifts. Last week, as I said, Jo did a great job with that talk on Jacob. And she said this deepening and this reckoning with God that is going on within us as a church. That there are these crucibles, containers that he's wanting to clean out to the bottom. So we don't look great on the outside, but we are completely whole on the inside because he's been allowed to go there. And then the overflow can happen. As I sat there on Wednesday feeling frustrated that we can't run a spiritual gifts workshop, Jenny Nichols walked in literally at that time and she had a word for the church. And someone has a word for the church. This is a prophetic happening in real time. This is God himself with a specific word for us showing that he's real, that he's alive, that he's active. So I'm going to invite Jenny up to share it herself. Poor Jenny, if anyone's got the gift of healing, she's suffering from terrible dizziness. Um, so we'll sit down. Yeah? Let me give you a mic. Just the purple one, thanks, Alex. I think we're on. Yeah. Thanks, Jenny. I had this word before last Sunday morning, before the service. Um, but then God said, there's more. <laughs> So I've, I've written it all down. God was showing me a well, but the well is internal. 
Some of us have wells that are dry, others have wells that been, have been filled over time with rubbish and are contaminated and unhealthy. Some have wells that need to be dug deeper. Some wells are fractured and broken. All need to be made ready so that they can be filled with the water of refreshing and life from the Holy Spirit. This filling is not just for us. He wants us to overflow so that people can be touched by what we have and hunger for what Jesus can give to them. I see Jesus is sitting at the edge of our wells. As a church, he wants us to respond to his request that he can draw from our wells that he has made pure and holy, but only made that way after we have offered up from the depths of our soul what is not in line with God's will. That which has been hidden in the darkness and depths of our wells and our wills, we need to dig deeper. He wants to draw from us that which can then be given to others. To the woman that comes to the well, to the damaged and hurting, to the thirsty and burdened, we are to be wells in a desert of a lost and deceived society. He wants us to prepare our wells for the Holy Spirit to pour in. He wants his church to be ready. So in light of that, in light of that, we're going to worship. As we worship, we're going to make this space here available for those who would like prayer. And if, where's our worshippers? If our... um, yeah, I actually don't even really want to speak. I want to just create space for people to respond. Out of anything the Holy Spirit may be ministering to today, on any end of the spectrum and everything in between. But if you're wanting to say yes to what he's doing as he knocks at the door ready to pour himself out, then I invite you to come forward and we will be praying for you. I'll invite the prayers to come up as well. Those have been tapped on the shoulder and we'll continue to worship together as one voice and one body. But come forward. If you feel your ground is fellow, if you feel like you didn't know you had a place, if you feel like you need to sit at the well with Jesus and enable him to do his deep work.